Hello and welcome to Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Hannah and you can email me with your thoughts or questions on live at cicerone.co.uk. Today I'm talking to Janneke Klopp, author of our Mountains of Romania guide, and she is truly one of the most passionate authors I think we've ever spoken to. Her love for Romania comes across in spades, and I'm sure you will be as desperate to visit Romania after listening to this podcast as I am. So I was preparing for for this podcast and I was flicking through the Romania guidebook, and you did really make me want to go to Romania. So mission accomplished definitely I'm really really pleased to hear that well I I read this fact in your book as well that Romania is the most biogeographically diverse country in Europe that's incredible yeah I stole that from a UNESCO website I think but yeah it's definitely one of the green lungs of, of Europe I was amazed actually that two thirds of the country is hill or or mountain terrain that makes it sound like an, an absolute playground for outdoorsy people. That is exactly the right word. Romania is a big country. I think I wrote in the book what size it is compared to the UK, but I know it's six times the size of the Netherlands. That's my frame of reference. So it is an absolute playground. And it's not like the Alps where from one mountain you see the next mountain range or the next part of the Alps. Every section of the Carpathians is different from the next. Geologically, it's the variety is enormous. So it's not just covered in mountains and hills, it's also extremely versatile. So yeah, playground is the right word. A lot of Cicerone guidebooks are guidebooks to an area and, Mm -hmm. you know, this range of mountains and here's some walks in it. But this guidebook, it just covers all of Romania and it covers everything that Romania has got to offer. And it's a huge amount. There's something like 14 mountain ranges is that right? They're, they're fairly small blocks. I mean, the Fagarash is Romania's biggest range. It's about 100 kilometers west to east and then probably 150 north to south. That's the biggest one, which you could tackle in a week if you're traversing it west to east, east to west. But they're, they're all fairly small blocks that you can mix and match, if you like. There's just no end to them. I can't claim to have covered all of Romania in this guide. Um, It's a gargantuan project, and I already know for the next edition I'll I'll want to add things, but I can't keep adding things because it's already a really big book. It's 440 pages or 400 and something. It is one of the bigger Cicerone books. It's the standard size, but it is quite a chunky volume because it does cover so much. It's not quite pocket size anymore. You, you need a fairly big pocket to hold this. So I, I usually recommend people to maybe buy the ebook too so they have it on their phones if they want to save on weight so they can look into the book at home and then read a book on their phone if they offer a week-long excursion. Yeah. So how many days walking does it have in it? Is that something you've ever tried to work out? Ah, oh, you have me there. No, I haven't. Um <laughs> I, I know it's about 2,000 kilometers, I think. Um, I, I would have to count. You haven't secretly counted? I haven't. <laughs> I think you could walk pretty much all spring and summer. and You would have to work really hard to 
to do all of it and then you'll still find that there's much more to discover because I'm really definitely not done exploring. For one thing, I keep going back to the places that I already love and then I know there is so much ground I haven't covered because like you say, most Cicero guides cover a, a region in a country and what did I do? I just go and cover the whole country, which makes sense because we want to introduce Romania to the public first and then who knows, in five or ten years we could do regional guides. I don't know. Um, because the Fagarashi alone deserves a guide because if I were to describe every single hike you could do there, that would be a standalone guide for sure. So if you can possibly sum it up, why should people go hiking in Romania? I, I knew that question was coming, of course, in some form or another. Whenever people ask me why I, I love Romania so much, I, I still, to this day, after 16 years of being in love with Romania, I still struggle to answer that question because mostly, personally, I, I go there because I, I feel good. If you, like me, love solitude and peace and quiet combined with freedom and a, a ruggedness and just space to roam, that's why I call myself a Romaniac, spelled R-O-A-M-A-N-I-A-C, um, and just n not be stopped by or hampered by a lot of rules and regulations, just really feel like you're out in the wild, but really, and have a good climate to hike in on top of that. It's, it can be warm, but it's as soon as you're up in the mountains, it's going to be in the summer, it's going to be a pleasant 15 or 20 degrees once you're up over 1,500 meters, 2,000. And a really long season from May through to September or earlier, I usually go late April until you can easily extend the season until November. And then it's a great place for skiing and winter hiking as well. You see, my answer just keeps going and going. Um, <laughs> it's just an astoundingly beautiful place with the most hospitable people I've ever met in my life. But interestingly, you're not from Romania. So you've adopted this country and you've put years and years of work into the guidebook. So how did you discover Romania for yourself? Well, first, it feels like the country has adopted me and the people have adopted me rather than me having adopted the country. A friend asked me whether I was up to going to Romania for a short trip because she was going to participate in a summer camp for ethnic Hungarian youths. And um, I said, yes, I, I felt up for a little summer adventure and it was I was replacing someone on the team. It was a, a team of volunteers who was doing activities during the camp. It was a summer camp to introduce old and new EU member states to each other. And so this was a camp to make Romanian and Dutch young people meet. So I went and it was just a, a four day trip, but it was enough for me to fall in love with the country head over heels. I just remember looking out of the window in the morning and seeing a mountain range that I still really like, the Pietra Mare near Brasov. Brasov is the number one city to go to if you want to explore mountains in Romania. And if people ask me where to start, I would recommend they go to Brasov because a lot of mountains are a short ride away, either by bus, train or car from Brasov. So I just, I remember looking out of the window and thinking, I, I want to go there. But at that time, I had zero mountain experience. And it took a while 
before I actually went hiking because I did those summer camps for five years in a row. And after that, there was no stopping me. I was just going there every year and I felt a summer holiday wasn't enough. I needed to find work, outdoor related work in Romania. So I was basically looking for an excuse to spend more time there. And then I stumbled across the opportunity to rewrite the old Romania guide for Cicerone. And I thought, that's me. And uh, so I tried to convince your colleagues that I was the person to do this. And somehow he believed me. And here we are. And it, and it really was such a project to take on because of the, the scope of the book. It wasn't an easy guy to write, no. Yeah. It was three years work, four years if you can't be editing and writing process. Um, me realizing I would somehow have to try to stuff all of Romania into that book in, in three years' time, knowing I would have to be very selective. But I'm, I'm confident that it's a good selection that I made and it's a, a good representation. And yes, there will still be hidden gems that are not covered in the book, but that's okay. But you've got a good idea. If you manage to walk everything in that book, I'd say, you know, you've got a good idea of what Romania's got to offer. Yeah, that's not just the result of the, the three years that's the result of the 15 years I've been walking around and just generally loving Romania and it's people just getting to know the country, getting to build a home there in a way. So there's 14 mountain ranges with peaks mm-hmm. over 2,000 metres. So does that mean that all the walking is really challenging? No, definitely not. It's definitely a guide with something for everyone because the last section is about the Apusen Mountains. That's a mountain range south of Cluj in the northwest of Romania. So if you were to travel by car to Romania, it's the closest range you can reach. It's fairly close to the Hungarian-Romanian border. The Apusen doesn't go much higher than 1,500 meters in most places. I think there's one lonely peak that goes over 1,000 800. I haven't climbed it because it's lonely. It's away from the rest somehow. But uh, the Apusen has a karstic area right in the center of it called the Badish. And um, that makes for really easy walking. Everyone, absolutely everyone could do it. The Apusen is very pastoral, very grassy. And then you can make it more difficult because, like I said, it's a karstic area. So there are lots of limestone areas with big pits. Okay, that's not geologically the correct term but I'm that's not my area of expertise um definitely don't confuse easier with less interesting or less beautiful the Apusen there's the Draskau mountains um okay all these names probably won't mean a lot to you at this stage but actually it's really interesting hearing you say them compared <laughs> um... to reading them because I'm pretty sure my brain does not come out with the right pronunciation <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, Romanian pronunciation, I think it's a bit closer to Dutch than it is to English. So it's easier for me to pronounce them than for you to. So there's a a really nice gorge. I've seen small children do it, but there's a gorge that's filled with, it's a river runs through it. Well, gorge, walks through gorges are fairly ordinary, but this one, the river is there all the time. So you actually have to wade through the river for about two kilometers. Okay, that already sounds fairly challenging to a lot of people, but I've seen I've seen children do it. And then on the other end of the extreme, there is the Pietra Crayolui, which is on the cover of my book. It's a limestone ridge of about 27 kilometers, and it doesn't go higher than 19, 1,900 meters. 
but do not let that give you the impression that it's easy because it's probably one of the most challenging hikes in all of Europe you can do without climbing gear. It's just you're basically on all fours for 50% of the time. When you said playground at the start of this conversation, that's what I think of immediately of the Piata Krajeloi, which means the king's rocks. And they really are a royal playground because for me, that's that's the most fun I can have, just trying to get from one rock to the next. There is a trail, it's marked, but it's not really walking anymore. It's just great fun. And then you get views to the Fagarage, which is the longest range, as I mentioned. So you could walk from the Piata Krajeloi to the Fagarage, but you can just... You see it all the time. And then on the other side is the Bucej Mountains. And then in between, so it's the, the Bucej on one side and the, the Fagarash on the other side. And in between, you've got these really pastoral villages. Um, you see, I really struggled to describe how beautiful and challenging these ranges are because it's not possible to put this into words. I'm, I'm a language person, but just watch the pictures, please, because <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> This is a hard sell. So you're just saying, basically, people need to buy the book and they need to go to Romania because you can't describe it in enough glory. Uh, I can't. Uh, but that means it's really good. If, <laughs> if it's too to describe. But they can read some articles and see the preview on the CISRON website before they decide to go buy the book or read my blog <laughs> or follow my Facebook page or Instagram accounts. Um, I try to give them, I'll try do my best to give them an impression before they actually decide to go. But I, I can safely say Romania has something to offer for pretty much everyone who is remotely into adventure. Even if you're not very strong or not very young or, or very young, if you're a child, I could easily put together a, an itinerary for every age group, every level of experience. If you'd like a copy of Yannicka's Mountains of Romania guidebook, please use the code ROMANIA25 at the checkout at cicerone.co.uk. If you've got any questions at all, do let us know at live at cicerone.co.uk, but that discount code will give you 25% off Yannicka's book. And honestly, it's a bargain anyway for the amount of walking that you get in it. So do give that a try and I hope you have a great time exploring Romania for yourself. It's also really easy to, to get from one mountain range to another because they're so close together. I, I really like walking from one to the next and just get to entirely different terrain in the span of a day or two. And it also it gives me this really medieval feeling. It makes me think of the days when, when people actually had to walk to get somewhere. Um, it makes me think of Tess of Derville. <laughs> Thomas Hardy. Thomas Hardy, I was looking for that name. Actually, in Romania, you often get this medieval feeling, especially if you go to Maramureș in the, the, the northwest of the country. That's completely cut off from the rest of the world. Not really, because they, they have internet and they, they have cars, but people have just decided that they're going to keep living the way they did 100 years ago. They have these really small farms. They're really self-sufficient. They just have one or two cows, one pig for Christmas. They're not rich, but they all have their own chickens and eggs and honey from the neighbor. There's usually one shop in a village and it hardly sells anything. Why? Because people grow everything themselves. And they build these beautiful, beautiful haystacks together with the whole family. And you'll see people wearing traditional costumes. Well, not on a weekday, but there are a lot of religious holidays and they, they 
wear them all the time and they sew their own skirts, weave their own baskets. And it's not for the tourists. Definitely, it's interesting for tourists to look at, but that's just the way they live. And they're not stupid. They know their lives could be a lot easier. They could all buy tractors, but instead they have maybe one tractor in the entire village and they, the rest they do by hand. And um, yeah, horses and carts, that's really common. So people have decided that's the way they want to continue living, even though it's not an easy way to live, but it's a very beautiful way to live, a calming way to live. Romania calms me down. I can safely say that. I can live more slowly there than I can here in Western Europe. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. I think a lot of people who enjoy hiking enjoy the fact that they can leave their normal, fast-paced, busy lives behind. And for 10 days or two weeks or three months, all they've got to think about is, I'm walking, I'm going to find some food, I'm going to find a bed, and then I'm walking some more. And it is a really calming thing to do. And it just gives you that pause and reminds you what's important in your life instead of the sort of usual chaos that we have. <laughs> yeah. So you just described that as the normal pace of life and apparently it doesn't feel normal enough to keep doing it because we need a break from it. So personally, I've decided that I, I can't live that fast-paced life. I'm At the moment, I'm still based in Belgium, but me and my husband are planning to actually buy a patch of land in Romania near the Retezat Mountains and create a small campsite there and organize guided tours because I feel I need to live like that. I'm not like this. That's amazing. I know. So we'll be able to get the real author experience and yeah. come and stay at your campsite and, and go for walks with Janneke. Mm-hmm, definitely. I'll definitely keep you updated on the on the process. We're, we're trusting that the landowner is getting the paperwork in order at the moment so that we can sign everything in spring. But it's going to go Romanian style, so slowly. Yeah, there's some drawbacks to the slow pace of life. Definitely, but <laughs> I've learned to live with that. But I'm an impatient person, but I, I know I have to just wait a little yeah. sometimes. Yeah, oh, that's, that's really exciting. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who go hiking discover that they don't well, actually want to live the fast-paced life. Uh, of course, you have to somehow sustain yourself and have an income. But I find and a lot of people who I know who do long distance hiking or generally a lot of hiking is that traveling doesn't have to be expensive. I used to think traveling has to be expensive, but especially, of course, if you go to a country like Romania, where everything is a good deal cheaper than in the UK or in the Netherlands or Belgium. But if you have invested in a tent and a sleeping bag and some boots and you can actually travel in a country where the climate is moderate, you can actually live in a tent. If you go on a one-week hike, you don't eat expensive things. You don't eat that. You make sure you carry enough food, but there's nowhere to spend your money. So <laughs> it doesn't have to be expensive. Brilliant. So your, your place will be a campsite. And is most of the accommodation camping when you're doing these treks? For me personally, yes, that's also how I prefer it. I know a lot of people really like staying at, at huts, which you can do in Romania as well. But I just personally prefer to stay in my tent because that's my little palace where nobody gets at me. But also it's, it allows me to, to travel more spontaneously because I'm carrying my home all the time. 
if I have to get to a hut, I have to call them in advance and say, yes, I will be there at that day and that time. And I don't particularly like doing that. Also, I, I prefer not to see too many people when I'm hiking, but it's definitely an option to stay in huts. They're called cabanas. So you don't have to camp. You can do the whole thing with huts if you wanted to. You don't have to. It's just, you know, often huts are a bit lower down than the ridge in the Fagaraj, for example. The ridge is 80% of the time. It doesn't drop below 2,000 meters. And the huts are often at 1,500 meters. So often you have to descend in, in the afternoon, then climb back up to the ridge again in the morning. So you'll be slightly less flexible because you're dependent on the huts. But if you don't want to carry your tent and all your food, that's definitely an option. Don't expect the level of luxury you would find in Austria or in France. Huts are a bit more basic in terms of services, but hopefully that's not what you're going there for. Hopefully you're going there because you want to enjoy the mountains. Yeah, I think we have some some of the podcast listeners who only camp and that's their thing. But I'm sure there are people as well who don't want to carry loads of equipment and they want the option of having the, the huts if, if they're available. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, an accommodation appendix in my book. So for every hike that I've described, I've listed all the, the huts and guest houses I could find. I'm bragging that I, I only sleep in my tent. Of course, that's not entirely true because I, I did test the huts, the cabanas, and I, I spent quite a lot of time at campsites. Of course, those are not in the mountains, but they can be a good base camp before and after a hike. There, there are a lot of campsites in Romania and accommodation is also really affordable. Um, one challenge can be, though, that a lot of Romanians just don't speak English. So there's no reservation system for huts. It's not like there's a website where you can just click through a, a process and then you have a reservation. You actually have to call or send an email and you can try to do it in English, but you may find if you call that people do not speak English and you may need to do use Google Translate or use the glossary in my book to make a reservation. So there is that extra challenge of the language barrier. But then again, if you're in, in a city, people will definitely speak English. But there, there is, I'm not going to lie about that. There is this language issue. It's a fairly isolated country. So you should probably try and learn a few words in Romanian before you go. I mean, I think we usually suggest that anyway. It's just to learn how to say please and thank you and, you know, two coffees, please. <laughs> Definitely. It's a very important gesture to make. If you can say mutsumesk, which is thank you. You've spoiled my surprise. That was going to be my surprise. I was going to say mutsumesk at the end. Oh, but you did that perfectly. You can still do that. <laughs> it, it, I'll forget about this and you can still surprise me. I went trekking with a Romanian a couple of years ago and he taught me a few phrases, but I can't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> with it being so isolated what's the transport like how easy is it to get around Romania well I don't have a car or driving license so but the good news is I've managed to get around all this time by public transport and on foot and by hitchhiking a lot of Romanians complain about how well their trains stick to the timetable. And it's true that they're often delayed. But another fact about Romania is that it has the eighth most, in terms of length of railway in the country, I think it's number eight in the world. So it has a lot of railways. Mind you, they're not all being used, but there are a lot of remote places where you can actually get to by train, where the, the train stops at every cluster of houses. If you go to the Piatra Krailui, so the, the limestone ridge in the cover of my book, 
you can simply take a, a, a diesel train from Brasov to Zernest, which is takes you less than an hour, I think 40, 50 minutes. The train just heads straight for the mountains. And then either you, you walk for another hour until you're at the Zernest Gorges at the foot of the Piatrakailu, or you take a taxi for 10, 20 minutes. That's all it takes. Of course, some areas are more challenging to reach. In that case, I would take a, a bus or a train as far as I can go. And then I, I rely on hitchhiking, which works really well. I guess it helps if you're alone and if you're a woman. That's my guess. But I cannot count the number of times that Romanians have offered me a ride within five minutes and in many cases have even offered me a place to stay, uh, a bed for the night, a meal, many drinks. They like strong drinks. Um, and you felt safe doing that then? I did. I have had a couple of occasions where I did feel mildly uncomfortable because there was a truck driver who would try to convince me to, to join him because he was so lonely. And then I would say, no, I have to get off there. My friends are waiting for me and there weren't any friends waiting for me. Um, so there have been a couple of situations like that. That's also, I guess, the fate of a woman traveling alone sometimes. That doesn't have anything to do with Romania, I think. Um, if you're tired, maybe don't hitchhike or take, take a break, have some food, have a drink. Don't jump straight from the trail into a car. And make sure that people, somebody knows where you are. I, I usually try to take a picture of, of the number plate and text it to my husband or use a, a tracker, something like that. But in 95% of cases I've hitchhiked and I've had a lot of occasions, I felt absolutely safe. And like you say, that's not that's not a Romania-specific situation, is it? That's just as a woman traveling on your own, you do have to be cautious to yeah, exactly. You're a woman, you're traveling alone, and you have to be vigilant. That's how this world works, sadly. But um, you just have to be smart about it. And thankfully, nothing would ever happen to me. So I would really stress if you're listening and you're a, a woman traveling alone, please, you should know what you're doing, but you should not let anyone stop you from doing what you want to do out of fear that something could happen. Just make sure you're prepared. Yeah, exactly. The, the most dangerous things we do on day to day is, is usually crossing the road. Well, people ask me this a lot, you know, when people meet me on the trail, they usually ask me two questions. I'll, I'll say them in Romanian because it's usually Romanians who ask them. It's, Sunted singura, it means, are you alone? And then, aren't you afraid? Don't you have fear? And I explained that, yes, sometimes I am afraid because, yes, sometimes I am scared that there's a bear lurking around a corner. Or um, I'm usually not afraid of encountering scary people because there's not so many people in the mountain in the first place. But I, I do have my fears, most notably dogs. But um, you can prepare yourself against those objective risks. Those are real risks and you can prepare yourself and it doesn't help to be anxious about them all the time. So actually being in the mountain hiking helps me to tackle my fears because I know I have to just prepare and that's all I can do. And so I explain to people that, yes, sometimes I, I am afraid, but the alternative would be staying at home where I am fairly sure I would die of boredom and depression because this is the life I'm meant to live. I mean, we're running out of time, but your book is slightly different to other Cicerone guides in that it's so personal. And I don't know how many of our guidebooks have got poems in them, but did you say you had a poem that you might want to share? Yeah. Um, so this is the poem. It's called The Village Soul, and it's written by a poet called Lucian Blaga in 1924. I'll read it in English. Child, come and put your hands on my knees. 
I believe eternity was born in the village. Here every thought is much slower, and the heart beats at another pace, as if it doesn't beat in your chest, but somewhere deep in the ground. Here the thirst for salvation is quenched, and if your feet have bled, you can sit on a clay hearth. Look, it's evening. The village soul flutters around us, like a shy smell of cut grass, like a lowering smoke from straw eaves, like a play of lambs on tall graves. Fabulous. So this is a good impression for me from what it's like to be in a simple village like that and feel whole. It's a very wholesome place to spend some time in. Marvellous. I, I can't wait to come and visit you in your campsite and get a tour. Yeah, you're, you're most welcome to. If you need some advice, you can always contact me. That goes for anyone. There's a, a contact form for, for anyone who needs more advice than is already found in the book. There's a contact form on my blog, romaniac.com. I'm totally happy to, to give you advice because I, I'm thrilled with every tourist that I bring to Romania. So yeah, that's Romania for you in a nutshell. And uh, I'm not doing it enough justice, so you'll have to go and find out for yourself. Um, so, multimesque, Janneke? Kuplacera, Hannah. You're welcome. Kuplacera. <laughs> I, I, I remember it now, Kuplacera. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Yannicka. Thank you. It was really lovely to talk to you. And it's obvious how much you love Romania. And I hope and, and you will hope that whoever is listening to this is inspired and, and wants to go and discover it for themselves. Yeah, I, I really hope so, because Romania has a lot to offer and it deserves being discovered. And it would really be a great help for Romania to preserve its natural beauty if more people came there and invested in the tourism infrastructure in a sustainable way. So that's my hope for Romania, that together we can keep it beautiful and make it even more beautiful than it is by supporting the people who live there so they can look after their country for us. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Hannah. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast. I'd love to know what you think or if there's anything else you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Please email us on live at cicerone.co.uk or leave a review on your podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes or you can sign up to our newsletter for all our latest news, events and guidebooks visit cicerone.co.uk for further details. If you want to hear any more about Romania, Janneke has also written a couple of articles for Cicerone Extra, so you can check that out at cicerone.co.uk forward slash extra. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, please come and join us on our social channels. We're on all the main ones as at Cicerone Press, and we also have a Facebook group, Cicerone Connect, where you can meet and chat to other outdoor enthusiasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon.